We got the Golden Globes, Oscar nominations, looking back at tons of trailers from the Super Bowl up till now, Zack Snyder's Justice League, WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Welcome everybody back to another monthly update, a delayed monthly update for uh, February, March monthly update. I apologize for it being delayed. Uh, it's been a busy month, especially with Isaac, now having a kid, no longer being to edit the episodes. The monthly update kind of took its back seat, but it's finally here. And you know, it kind of turns out that it was a good thing that it was delayed because now that we have a lot more exciting things to talk about, like the Golden Globes and the Oscar nominations, which we will get into in just a minute. Before we get into that, I just wanted to announce the winner for this month. If you listened to the last few episodes, I've already told you, but Max is a winner of this month's monthly screen pass giveaway. Max, thank you so much. And everyone else who did for leaving reviews on Podchaser, it helps out the show more than you can imagine. I appreciate you taking the time to do that. And uh, I hope you enjoyed whatever movie you ended up watching. If you want to be entered to win a chance to win a free screen pass on me through Movies Anywhere that I will explain more after the Golden Globes and, Globes, Golden Globes and Oscar nominations, there is a link directly in the show notes for this specific monthly update episode on Podchaser that you can uh, leave a review and uh, benefit the show. So thank you very much for doing that, and you'll be entered to win a free screen pass every month. So once again, thank you, Max. Hope you're enjoying whatever movie you picked. On to the fun things that we get to talk about because the episode was delayed. And that's the Golden Globe winners and the nominations for the Oscars this year. So first, we're going to talk about the Golden Globe nominations, which I don't follow the Golden Globes that much. So my knowledge about it is pretty much what I pulled off their website. There's a lot of great films and especially now having the Oscar nominations pretty consistent across the board. Uh, except for the way the Golden Globes work, there's some films that weren't eligible for the Oscars, so on and so forth. Something I don't really care about, but let's just read the Golden Globe winners. We're going to start at the bottom with the less big awards. We're gonna, I'm just going to read through them really, really quickly, one at a time. So, Best Supporting Actor for, in a Television Series was given to John Boyega for Small Acts, or in a television film, I should say, was John Boyega in Small Acts. Best Supporting Actress for Television was Gillian Anderson in The Crown. Best Television Actor for a Musical or Comedy Series was given to Jason Sudeikis in Ted Lasso. I'm sorry, I'm going to pronounce, mispronounce so many names. Best Television Actress for a music, Musical or Comedy was given to Catherine O'Hare in Schitt's Creek. Best Television Actor in a Drama Series was Josh O'Connor in The Crown, and Best Television Actress in a Drama Series was Emma Corrin from The Crown. Best Actor from a Television Motion Picture was Mark Ruffalo, and I know this much is true. Best Actress in a Television Motion Picture was Anya Taylor-Joy in The Queen's Gambit. Best Television Motion Picture, The Queen's Gambit. Best Musical Comedy Series, Schitt's Creek. Best Drama Series, The Crown. Best Song, The Life Ahead from Scene. I think that's what it's from. I don't know. Best Score was given to John Batiste, Atticus Ross, and Trent Reznor for Soul. Great score, by the way. Best Picture in a Foreign Language was given to Minari which has been taking a bunch of nominations and awards, and I'm very excited to see. Best Picture in an Animated Film, of course, big surprise, Soul. Best Screenplay, Aaron Sorkin for The Trial of Chicago 7. It's a very Sorkin-y screenplay. Best Director was Chloe Zhao, I'm probably mispronouncing her name, for Nomadland, wonderful film. Best Supporting Actor was Daniel 
Yeah, I'm not even going to try because I'm going to butcher it. Judas and the Black Messiah, Koluya, I think is how you say it. So Best Supporting Actress was Jodie Foster in the Mauritanian, I think is how you say it. Best Actor in a Musical or Comedy was Sasha Barra-Cohen, Borat, Subsequent Movie Film. Best Actress in the Musical or Comedy was Rosamund Pike in I Care A Lot. Best Actor in a Drama was Chad McBoseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and his wife gave a very emotional acceptance speech. I'm very happy that he won. Very, very sad. Uh, best Actress in a Drama was Andra Day for the United States versus Billie Holiday. Best Picture for a Musical Comedy was Borat, Subsequent Movie Film. And the Best Picture in a Drama was Nomadland by Chloe Zhao, which is a great film, and I'm not surprised that she won it all because that's a beautiful film. So there are your Golden Globes winner. if that is something that you really follow. Personally, it's not something that I do. I like to read about these awards, both the Oscars and the Golden Globes, but I, I wouldn't say that it's something... That I personally put a lot of weight in when it comes to movie recommendations or films that I like to enjoy. I like to catch as many as I can, but I'm not going to go out of my way to like see a film, really shove it into my schedule if I wasn't already interested in it. I mean, so anyway, moving on from my personal taste in films onto the Oscar nominations. And we're just going to go through these really quickly and talk about them a little bit. We're going to start again with the smaller categories and work our way up to the big one. Again, these aren't winners. These are just the nominations for the coming Awards. So, best visual effects. The films nominated is Tenant, of course, the one and only Ivlin, Mulan, The Midnight Sky, and Love and Monsters. All great films. I'm super glad to see Love and Monsters on that list. Had phenomenal visual effects. Best production design. Tenant again. News of the World. Mank. Ma Rainey's Black Bottoms and The Father. All very fitting films for that award. Best makeup and hairstyling. Pinocchio. Mank. Ma Rainey's Black Bottoms. Hillbilly Elegy and Emma. I'm really glad to see Emma on that list because I feel like. It's production design, makeup, and hairstyling is something that it deserves to have talked about more. Costuming, because it's just phenomenal. Moving on, best international feature film. I don't know. Qual Vadis Ida? It's a different language, so don't hold it against me. The Man Who Sold His Skin from Tunisia. Collect- oh, I forgot to say that first film I couldn't pronounce was from Bosnia and Herzegovina. Herzegovina. I don't know. I'm dyslexic. Okay, be easy on me. The next film from Romania is Collective, Better Days from Hong Kong, and Another Round from Denmark. The best film editing given to nominated, The Trial of Chicago 7, Sound of Metal, Promising Young Women, Nomadland, and The Father. I gotta say, Nomadland and Sound of Metal, both editing, I agree, are worthy of that award. Best documentary short subject, A Love Song from Latasha, Hunger Ward, Do Not Split, A Concerto in, Con- in Conversation, and Colette. Best Documentary Featurette, Time, My Octopus Teacher, The Mole Agent, Crip Camp, and Collective. Best Cinematography. Now, this is one of the awards that I actually care about because I, cinematography is something that's amazing. And what's interesting is that I've only seen one of these films. Uh, so maybe I might catch the others. But The Trial of Chicago 7, Nomadland, News of the World, Mank, and Judas and the Black Messiah. Best Live Action Short Film, White Eye, Two Distant Strangers, The Present, The Letter Room, and Feeling Through. Best Animated Short Film, Yes People, Opera, If Anything Happens, I Love You, Genius Losi, and then Burrow. And I really hope that if it, it is If Anything Happens, I Love You. If you have not seen that, it's on Netflix. It's a wonderful, emotional, prepare to have your tear ducts ripped out, and it's short animated film. It's amazing. Best Costume Design, moving on. Pinocchio, Mulan, Ma Rainey's Black Bottoms, Mink, and Emma. We're starting to see some consistent films here if you noticed like I did. But again, glad to see Emma because I love the costume design of that film. Best Sound, Sound of Metal, Soul, News of the World, Mank, and Greyhound. 
honestly surprised that uh, they're... Well, we'll get to it in a moment. Moving on to the next category. Best original score, Soul, News of the World, Minari, Mank, and The Five Bloods. Again, Soul, which won the uh, Golden Globe for that. Best original song, Speak Now from One Night in Miami, Low Sea Scene from The Life of Head, Buzavaki, I think, from the Eurovision Song Contest, Hear My Voice from The Trial of Chicago 7, and Fight for You from Judas and the Black Messiah. Best original screenplay, The Trial of Chicago 7, again from Aaron Sorkin, who won the Golden Globe, and from I've read the screenplay and is very Sorkin-y. Uh, Sound of Metal on uh, Amazon Prime, Promising Young Woman, Minari, and Judas and the Black Messiah. Best Adapted Screenplay, The White Tiger, One Night in Miami, Nomadland, The Father, and Borgit. Oh my gosh, I say always say Borgit. That's dyslexia for you. Borat, the subsequent movie film. There we go. Best, best Animated Feature Film, Wolfwalkers. Great to see that on there. Great film on Apple TV+. Plus. Soul, of course, the Shaun the Sheep movie, Farmageddon. Didn't even know that was a thing, but might check it out now. Over the Moon and Onward. Glad to be reminded of Onward. I love that movie. I know it's a little divisive, but I love Onward. Best Actress in a Supporting Role, moving on to the next category, and kind of into the more bigger ones. So, again, I apologize. I'm going to get a bunch of names wrong. But from Minari, there's Yoo Jung Young. There, from Mank, it's Amanda Seyfried. From The Father, Olivia Coleman. Hillbilly Elegy is Glenn Close. And then Borat, subsequent movie film, Maria Bakalova. Maria Bakalova, I think I got that right. Best Actor in a Supporting Role from Judas and the Black Messiah is Lakeith Stanfield, Sound of Metal, Paul Racy, One Night in Miami, Leslie Odom Jr., Judas and the Black Messiah, Daniel Kaluuya, The Trial of Chicago 7, Shasha Bourne Cohen. Again, I deeply apologize if I'm getting these names wrong. Best Actress in a Leading Role from Promising Young Woman, there's Carrie Mulligan from Nomadland, there's Frances McDormand from Pieces of a Woman, there's Vanessa Kirby from The United States versus Billie Holiday, there's Andra Day, and Viola Davis from Moraney's Black Bottoms. Best Actor in a Leading Role from Minari, Stephen Yoon, Gary Oldman from Mank, Anthony Hopkins from The Father, Chadwick Boseman from Moraney's Black Bottoms. Great to see that. And then Riz Ahmed from Sound of Metal, who did a phenomenal job in that film. So I'm glad to see that. Best Director, moving on to the second big category here, Promising Young Woman, Emerald Fennin, Chloe Zhao for No Man Land, Lee Isaac Chung from, for Minari, David Fitcher for Mank, surprise, surprise, and Thomas Vinberg for another round. Moving on to the final category, Best Picture. The Trial of Chicago 7, Sound of Metal, Promising Young Women, No Man Land, Minari, Mank, Judas and the Black Messiah, and The Father. I looked at all these, and if you were listening, heard a consistent group of films. The films, all with five or more nominations, going from least to most, is Marini's Black Bottom, Promising Young Women, and The Father, all with five. With six nominations, there's The Trial of Chicago 7, Sound of Metal, Nomadland, and Judas and the Black Messiah. Above that is Minari with seven nominations, and top of the list is Mank with 10 nominations. Out of 15 possible nominations, it could have earned. What's crazy is that all eight of the Best Picture nominations have five or more other nominations. The Father is the least with five. All others have six or more. Really interesting to see the films that have a consistent theme and nominations. I mean, maybe they're just really great films and they deserve all the nominations. I haven't seen all of them, and I know I'm kind of partial to my particular taste, but I think my, if I can briefly speak about this, my distaste for the Oscars and these awards is that it seems a little bit um, seclusive, 
for lack of better words. I'm, I think it's great to see, and, and I think it's been seclusive in a lot of different ways for different years for different reasons. I think something that's great to see is a more diversive nomination list with foreign films, with films of color, with films directed and written by women be nominated for things. I think things like that are a great achievement. I think it's good that the the academies is trying to encourage that, but the level of encouragement that they've taken in the requirements for a film to be even nominated is like these are the only films that they want to nominate. And it's just kind of disappointing to me. Like for example, say what you will about the film Tenant and its release choice that Christopher Nolan made. That score is one of the best I've ever heard. These other scores are good, but the production that went into Tenant and the incredible uniqueness that Ludwig Jorensen crafted with that, I think it's, I was shocked that it wasn't nominated for a single thing in scoring. I mean, it was nominated for production design and visual effects, but how can you not nominate that film for those two things? Because both of those uh, are kind of mind-blowing. But the the score, especially, is the next part of the film. That, uh, the sound mix definitely put front and center. So maybe that was the one reason is they didn't like the the presentation of it. I don't know. Whatever. That's enough about the Oscars. I don't really care about them. But some of you do. And if you do, that's awesome. I'm so glad that you uh, have these and that you enjoy the Oscars. I hope that you really enjoy the ceremony and what you're looking for uh, happens. But yeah, there's your list for the Oscars. Let's move on to the other things that I'm really excited to talk about. So before we move on to those other things... I want to go back to what I mentioned in the beginning, and that's leaving reviews on Podchaser. I realized in the past I hadn't explained this the best. So what Podchaser is, is it's a site that's been compared to the IMDb of podcasts. So you can go on there and you can view just about any podcast and see who the creators are, the editor, the producer, those types of things, if that information has been provided by the podcast, which for The Basement Binge it has. It's all... Yours truly, me. <laughs> but you can re- leave reviews. You can leave reviews on the podcast as a whole, meaning the basement binge. For those of you that have, thank you. You can also leave a review on each individual episode. So on this monthly update, you can leave a review. On the Kubo and the Two Strings episode, you can leave a review. On Fantastic Mr. Fox, you can leave a review. All the way back to our very first episode, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, you can leave a review. And it's super helpful to the show. What it does is it just helps people know that it's a quality show. It helps me found and discovered more just extremely helpful it takes like two minutes of your time helps out the show ton so thank you for those that have those that haven't please 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 when you listen to an episode leave a review on podchaser helps a ton i'm gonna do better you can go to podchaser.com slash the basement binge you can follow the pot the basement binge on podchaser so you can always see the episodes when they're released in that feed that it has and you can see each episode and, and do there but also what i'm gonna do in every show notes for each episode as soon as it's available i'm going to put a link to the direct episode on podchaser so you don't even have to type anything in and sometimes the link is available it takes a while for it to update if so it's just going to go to the basic basement binge page but as soon as it's updated i'll get the exact episode link leave a review it helps out the show but it also gives you a chance to win a free screen pass on me so what is a screen pass i realize i explained that horribly So Movies Anywhere, if you don't know, is just a place for digital movies to be stored. So whether you purchase your movies on Amazon, Vudu, Fandango Now, Microsoft Store, Apple TV, Google, YouTube, wherever you're buying these films, those eligible stores 
and eligible titles can be stored in your movies anywhere collection and then it will transfer over so for example my family uses amazon prime a ton but i use voodoo so i they purchase a film on amazon prime or i purchase a film on voodoo and it's eligible it will transfer over through movies anywhere and be on all of the locations which is great on top of that you can go into movies anywhere the app or the site on its own and, and stream it directly from there movies anywhere is great um it's kind of become the new norm one of the things that they offer is for the films that are in Movies Anywhere, they have a select few films that are eligible for something called a screen pass. What it is, is every month I can give away a screen pass to someone to stream one of my eligible movies completely free. You create a Movies Anywhere account, which is 100% free, and you click on a thing, and you pick from one of my, I think currently is right now, 39 eligible films, and you can stream one of them like you rented it, but completely free. So that's what it is. It's just a way to, for me, in a, an affordable way right now to give back to you for leaving a review. It's very small, but it's, I want to do what I can. Of course, I'm trying to do more of that. And in fact, it's part of that, just to finish up this, this little uh, plug for the pod chaser, is I have two digital codes here that I've been holding on to for a while, trying to decide what to do to them, but I don't want them to expire. So the films that I have a digital copy for is The Last Jedi, which is eligible for movies anywhere, since we're talking about it. But the other film is La La Land. They're both digital copies, so it's a code that I will send to you that has not been redeemed, that you can redeem, and you will own the movie digitally on your choice uh, uh, platform or store, if you will. So again, that's La La Land and The Last Jedi. So in addition to giving a screen pass for the next monthly update in April, I also want to give away these two digital copies in May. So I wasn't going to do it in April, but because this monthly update was delayed, I'm going to give you a whole month and a half to review as many episodes as you want. So the most episodes reviewed, the person is going to pick whether they want La La Land or The Last Jedi, and the second person is going to get the other one if they want it, in addition to the continued screen pass that I will give away. Again, this is happening in the monthly update in May. So you have a whole month and a half to review as many episodes as you want. Again, that's on podchaser.com slash abasementbinge. Thanks for letting me plug that. We're moving on to looking back at the past month. So first, I have to mention, sadly, one of the saddest things is that Daft Punk broke up. I cried a lot. I am not somebody who is usually impacted by these types of things, but it like really affected me. I was at work. I, I can remember exactly what I was doing. I was supposed to be on a meeting, like a, like a Zoom video conference meeting. <laughs> I got totally distracted watching their epilogue video, and then I just started crying. I was just crying all day, texting my wife. She probably thought I was silly, but uh, nothing like that has affected me before, but it really got to me. So those are some sad news. Let's move on to some other things that happened in the past month. So again, the episode is a little bit late, so I'm looking back. There's tons of things that happened. We we're going to go all the way back to the Super Bowl when we got the Fast 9 Super Bowl trailer. According to the trailer and some sources, it's being released in theaters in summer of 2021 with a specific date of June 25th where I can find it, but there, that was inconsistent when I looked. Uh, I haven't seen a single one of those films, but after that trailer, I think I might catch the entire saga before we get to summer of 2021 because uh, that was a pretty sweet trailer. I mean, totally over-the-top ridiculous, but you get what you pay for and uh, looked like some pretty sweet over-the-top action. So that was fun. Also, at the Super Bowl, we got a sweet Falcon and the Winter Soldier trailer, and that trailer ended up earning or, or gathering 125 million views, which is just absurd to me. Uh, we've gotten tons of teasers since then. I've talked about in my letterbox that if this 
series has as good editing, cinematography, and sound design as we are getting in these trailers. From a production standpoint alone, this series is going to be incredible. WandaVision blew me away, and starting this Friday, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is probably going to do the same thing. If you liked WandaVision or you're excited for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, linked in the show notes, my friend's podcast, Matt, goes to the movies every week. Matt, Rob, and myself, we get together to discuss these shows. We did it for WandaVision. It was tons of fun. We're doing it again for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, so linked for those things as well. Other trailers we got in films to look forward to is Mortal Kombat coming to HBO Max and theaters later this year. Actually, a pretty good trailer. They are taking what past films have been disaster and what shouldn't be a great film based off a video game to something that actually looks pretty cool. Other things, the Cruella trailer with Emma Stone. Holy smokes, I watched that so many times. That was a trailer that really got me excited. And I just recently learned about that project like a month ago, maybe two and I was really intrigued by it, and I was like, oh, that's not real. And then we were getting a trailer, and it was awesome. That trailer also broke some of Disney's own records. It achieved 71 million views in the first 24 hours. Uh, some Just first comparison, Maleficent, The Mistress of Evil, only had 61.7, and Aladdin, the remake with Will Smith, had 60.8 million. This doesn't even compare to, like, The Lion King remake, which had 224. I mentioned The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which had 125 million. And Mulan's first teaser trailer way back in 2019 that had 175 million. But still, 71 million views in like COVID theater environment within 24 hours. I'm super excited for that Cruella. It just looks like a ton of fun. Other things we got, the Luca teaser for Pixar's next film. I was really intrigued by it when they announced it. I was like, what is this? Like, I, I had no interest in it. And then that teaser is really great. Coming June 2021, I couldn't find a specific date. Yet to have like a concrete decision on whether it's going to be a premiere access Disney Plus type thing or theaters or what we're going to get, but June 2021. Other things, Spider-Man 3 in the MCU got its name finally. No Way Home is the official name of the third Spider-Man film. Totally fueled my multiverse ideas and theories for WandaVision that didn't come true. Uh, oops, excuse me, spoilers. Uh, that's being released December 17th, Spider-Man No Way Home, the third film in the MCU Spider-Man trilogy. Lots of great trailers for Zack Snyder's Justice League. We'll talk more about that later. Other things we got is Paramount Plus was launched the beginning of March, and the ads are relentless. I haven't been able to find any info about the number of subscribers that it's earned yet. It's kind of murky because it was CBS All Access and transferred and became a new service, and it's, it's just weird. But something about Paramount Plus is all of Paramount's movies will be premiering on the streamer 30 to 45 days after premiering in theaters. Typically, it was a 90-day uh, theatrical window. Now that's taken down by half or almost a third in some situations. Those films that are going to be released on Paramount Plus 45 days after is Top Gun Maverick, Mission Impossible 7, and A Quiet Place 2, which has a new release date, which we'll get to when we start looking forward. Other things looking back, WandaVision completed its series run which blew us all away uh, for good or for bad. Matt goes to the movies, linked below. You should check out my friends Matt and I and Rob. We got together and it was a blast. Rob and Matt are two guys that are just a hoot to be with and we were just laughing our heads off and having tons of fun, trying to come up with ideas and just enjoying the series as it went along. So if you enjoyed that series and you want to listen to how wrong we were with so many things, Matt's episodes are linked below. Again, the plug for Falcon and the Winter Soldier coming. WandaVision, I also think, really helped out Disney+. Plus. They recently achieved the benchmark of 100 million subscribers. 
That's a lot of monthly revenue Disney's pulling out there. Of course, launching uh, internationally with our new Disney Plus and Star streaming service. 100 million subscribers, that's a big deal. So WandaVision, I think, was a big part of that. Uh, maybe even Raya and The Last Dragon and some other things that are, are happening as well. So moving on to the Video On Demand release of films since theaters are weird and uh, movies are making it big there, specifically Monster Hunter. That was a fun movie that my brother and I went and saw together in theaters, but it's crushing it on Video On Demand. And I, I was not expecting that. I mean, Tenant, for example, is doing great, but that's just kind of to be expected. It's a big blockbuster film that a lot of people were excited about. Uh, that, that was forced into a, a long theatrical release. Uh, you know, I'll leave it at that and not... Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> that's facts. Uh, so back to Monster Hunter. It's really doing good. Uh, on its first release to video on demand, it was number one on Apple TV for five days in a row and number two on Google Play. Currently right now, it's number two on Fandango, Voodoo, and Amazon. Oh, and even Apple TV. Greenland is another film that was specifically just released to video on demand, and it's currently doing great. It's number one on Amazon right now, but it's also just generally crushing it on video on demand, which I was not expecting. So interesting to like adjust the things that we judge. I mean, box office mojo was like the head honcho. Not anymore. Things are changing. And hopefully we, we do get back to that box office thing. Uh, but looking at video on demand, I mean, films are doing pretty well that uh, you would not expect. And I went and saw, so for example, on Letterboxd, I went and saw Monster Hunter. Nobody saw it when I saw it in theaters. I mean, a few people did, but no one I followed was really reviewing it. As soon as it came on Video On Demand, a bunch of people saw it. That like really, really surprised me that people would rent that. Uh, I mean, I paid money to go in theaters, which is the same concept, but I don't know. It just surprised me how well it's doing on Video On Demand. Granted, not all people have access to theaters like I do because uh, they're open differently across the nation and the world. So anyway... Moving on from video on demand to the more traditional box office, Avatar, you know that film from James Cameron, it retook its title as the highest grossing film of all time in the global box office. It's 12 years old, but it had a reissue in China this past, I think, week or weekend and earned about $9 million, closing the previous gap between it and Endgame that was $7.82 million, reclaiming its title of highest grossing film of all time. So clearly proving that there's still draw for this IP if people didn't believe that. I'm excited for Avatar 2 and 3. So other things we got released, we got No Man Land on Hulu, where you should check it out. That's great. Judas and the Black Messiah had a brief release on HBO Max, and now it's continuing in theaters. Tom and Jerry on HBO Max is closing out its release on there pretty soon. Chaos Walking was released in theaters. You can check out that episode. And Raya and the Last Dragon had a theatrical plus Disney Plus premiere access release. Something that I thought was really interesting is a big theater chain here in Utah, and I know just across the states. I know it's not the biggest one, but a big one is Cinemark. Cinemark has been releasing the films that are on HBO Max. So like Judas and the Black Messiah, Wonder Woman 1984, Tom and Jerry, this upcoming Godzilla vs. Kong film. They're playing all those films in theaters the same day they're released on HBO Max. There, there's a lot of discussion about the agreement that studios and theaters have had and how that's changing and blah, 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 blah. You can check out the past monthly update if you're interested in that. But it's interesting to look that Cinemark is not playing Raya and the Last Dragon. Now, the other local theater here in Utah, the, the local one, Megaplex, they did. They are currently. But Cinemark, I guess, couldn't come to an agreement with Disney with the Premier Access... Disney Plus thing, so they just, they're just they just not playing it at all. 
which is a bummer because I have a membership through Cinemark. So uh, it was cheaper instead of Premier Access. So that's why I haven't gone to Ryan the Last Dragon yet. Hopefully get to that. But interesting things to think about. So moving away from things that were released and film things that I've had my pulse on, things that happened here at the Basement Bench. I lost Isaac, my editor, because he had a baby. Good for him. It's awesome that he's got a family now, and I'm glad he's taking care of him. And hopefully he's doing well in school. Isaac, if you're listening, hope your homework's going well. Uh, thanks for all you did. But for those of you who aren't Isaac, that's the reason that this episode is a bit delayed and that there's no video because I'm trying to get a more consistent schedule and trying to set up and record and edit a video would just delay this even more. So we're just getting out of this out quick because it's already late. And then hopefully by next month, April comes around in like a few weeks, we'll be ready to get video back up again. Other things more importantly that happened here at the Basement Binge since the last, last monthly update, we had the fantastic Mr. Fox episode, a personal history of my experience with Wreck-It Ralph. And thank you everyone for the huge response to that. I planned on doing a review for Wreck-It Ralph. I'm still going to do like a full-blown review. But there was something that just was like, I need to do this. I, I, I need to talk about Wreck-It Ralph and how it's impacted my life. And the specific topic, the, the reason that Wreck-It Ralph has impacted my life is because of my own personal history. And I thought about sharing that because of the emotions were like really prevalent. And then life was busy and I came around to finally do it. And those emotions had dissipated. And I was like, eh, whatever. It was a bad idea to begin with. And then a few days later, it came back strong. Like, no, I need to do this and I need to release it now. And I'm glad that I did. It was really cathartic for me. And also the response that everyone gave to me was just, you guys are awesome. So thank you for that kind of response. Other episodes we had released was Kubo and the Two Strings where my heart was stolen forever by Laika. Chaos Walking spoiler-free reaction. That was fun. And then of course, Missing Link, the most recent episode. So if you liked any of those episodes and you have not reviewed it on Podchaser, podchaser.com slash the basin binge linked in the show notes go leave your reviews get in to get those digital copies and uh, screen pass appreciate you doing that moving on to looking forward what's happening the next few weeks and months what's going on first i, I mentioned that we were going to get back to the the snyder cut of justice league so that's coming out thursday like a few days from now I can't believe this is actually happening. I was, of course, Matt and Rob and I, we've been talking about it like crazy. Matt's stoked. He's got the whole day off work. He's going to spend the whole day watching. I mean, it is four hours long. It's a long movie on HBO Max. But I was talking to my brother-in-law about it. We were just saying that like, as a concept, as an idea, something that exists, it's incredibly intriguing. I want to watch it, not necessarily because I'm like super excited about it after the trailers I am, but just... The, the, its existence it intrigues me. But we've got some reactions from critics who got a screener for it. They're just saying that it's a deeply passionate retaking or reclaiming for Zack Snyder of his film. And, and you get all of Zack Snyder for good and for bad, whether you're a fan of him or not. Maybe that's good news. Maybe that's bad news. But they've also said that it's significantly su superior to the theatrical version. I mean, being superior to that isn't hard, but being significantly su superior to it has me even more excited and actually kind of looking forward to it. I was worried like, okay, we're going to get this Snyder Cut thing and it's not going to be very good. Like the people who wanted it are going to rave about it like it's the best thing ever. And the people who are just like, whatever, it's a thing, I'll watch it, are just going to be like, yeah, it was okay. Like it's better than the other one, but it's okay. You know, like it's, it's good, but not great. Maybe these initial screenings are kind of saying that it might live up to the hype. We'll see. We'll get a live up segment for that. Maybe, I don't know. Things are busy. Maybe not. We'll see. <laughs> Didn't mean to make false promises there. Other things happening. Moving on <laughs> to cover that up is Falcon and the Winter Soldier being released Friday, the day after 
Snyder Cut. So again, if you want to hear what I have to think about that, subscribe to Matt Goes the Movies. Every Monday, we'll be doing an episode on that. Other things happening, Godzilla vs. Kong coming to HBO Max and theaters March 26th. Another film being released that same day from Universal is called Nobody. It's a John Wick type film. You know, nobody has like a hitman. So that's getting a theatrical release. Yeah, other things happening, looking forward. Release dates are still changing. Shocker. There's a lot that I'm hoping can stay the same. There's some that have uncertainty. What's going on with Cruella? That was told it was going to be released in uh, either March or May. I forgot to write it down, but is that Disney Plus? Is that theaters? Is that Premier Access? What the heck's going on there? We'll see. Other exciting news, The Quiet Place Part 2 got moved from September up to May 22nd. So that's getting its theatrical release. And then 30 days later going on Paramount Plus. I don't know about video on demand, but at least Paramount Plus. So May 28th for A Quiet Place Part 2. I'm stoked for that. Totally going to the theaters with my wife for that. Other things that I'm curious about, Black Widow, May 7th. And right after that, May 21st, Free Guy, both from Disney. I mean, I know one's Marvel Studios and Disney and, and the other is 20th Century. Same umbrella, same policy pretty much. What's happening there? Disney Plus, theatrical, combined, premiere access. I don't know. We... There's there's like no news doesn't necessarily mean good news. Uh, I know that that is kind of the phrase, but in this situation, I don't know what it is. Other films, Top Gun Maverick, they seem to be sticking to their guns that it's going to get its summer release. I'm hoping that it's successful because both Apple and Netflix offer to purchase it from Paramount. And Paramount also refuses to use it as a front runner for Paramount+. Plus. So they're really sticking to the summer release window, which with the amount of work that went to taking an IMAX camera into a cockpit of a fighter jet to see the G-forces on these actors' faces, like, yeah, this makes sense that they would want to stick to a safe, successful theatrical release. How reasonable is that this is going to happen in summer? I don't know. I'm going to go see it because I feel safe in my theater. That's my personal choice, and everyone has their own. But some people don't have a choice because their theaters aren't open. That, that, supposedly, that's changing. I think the New York theaters are starting to open. Either way, I just hope that Paramount gets a return that they've been holding on to because they've had lots of offers for other things, and this is really what they've been sticking to. Similar to that, No Time to Die, the next Jane Bonds film has got another announcement for October of 2021. That film has moved around like bubbling spaghetti like it just is on the move i don't know what bubbling spaghetti is i don't know why i just said that what the heck but uh yeah that's it was in essence if you're confused by the words that just came out of my mouth like i am it's moved around a lot no time to die has uh, not stuck to its schedule other film that i'm really curious about is dune legendary warner brothers duking it out over this hbo max release denis Villeneuve up in arms What's going on? HBO Max, from what I've seen, the promos, the ads that they're doing, haven't used footage from Dune like they did that first time and got in a bunch of trouble. They got their hands slapped. But they still flash the title when they talk about the titles coming. But it's not being promoted as heavily as other films. Of course, it's because it's coming in October when these films are coming this month, next month, months after that. They're they're coming sooner, so you're going to promote the films that are coming. But just knowing what I know about the reaction that Legendary and Denis Villeneuve, the director of Dune, had, I don't know if it's going to stick to this HBO Max theaters dual release thing. Maybe it's just going to be theaters. I don't know. I really have my eye on Dune. There's been some things about it. It's getting a European release in like September 15th, but that wasn't confirmed, so we'll see what's happening there. Other films that I'm really interested in about, Mission Impossible 7, the director has said that he has not yet seen a trailer, which I think is funny. 
So that means that we may not begin that trailer for a while, but that film is coming later this year. Other exciting things, not necessarily happening in release dates, but films starting to film. Quantum Mania starts filming in summer of 2021. She-Hulk and Moon Knight for the Disney Plus series start filming in a few weeks. So that's super exciting. So those are your, your release dates. So man, we've gone through a lot. We got the Golden Globes, Oscar nominations, looking back at tons of trailers from the Super Bowl up till now. Zack Snyder's Justice League, WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Video on Demand, Box Office, Avatar, episodes released here at the Basement Binge. We got things to look forward to, release dates shifting around again. What's happening there? Man, there was a lot that we went over. So closing it out here with things that are going to be happening the next few weeks here at the Basement Binge before the next monthly update, if I'm on schedule, which we're really striving to do, trying to get back adjusted here. So finishing off this unintentional animation season that just kind of happened on a whim. These were just films that I wanted to watch before I got back into my schedule. They all happen, not all of them, but the majority of them happen to be animated. And every single time I'd watch one, I'd add another one to the list. So I finally cut myself off. So I know where it's going to end now. It's coming very, very soon. Later this week is Your Name and Weathering With You. And then next week, finishing up with My Neighbor Totoro. If you want to contribute to any of those episodes, you can email me. Again, this is linked in the show notes, but you can email me at bingebasement at gmail.com. So that's B-I-N-G-E. B-A-S-E-M-E-N-T. So binge, you know, like you're binging a movie or series and then basement. Bingebasement at gmail.com. If you don't want to email me, you can also contact me on Discord. Binge basement number 9093. So same thing, binge basement 9093 on Discord. You can DM me. Totally respond to all of that. I've reached out to some people for your name. I'm actually extremely excited about that episode. Just watched that film a few days ago and it has not left my mind. Amazing film I can't wait to talk about. Other things after this unintentional animation season, of course, is Mission Impossible. I'm very, very excited for that. And that's kind of when the schedule gets back to more normal and the actual schedule. If you want to contribute to any episode, every monthly update, I'm going to be announcing the episodes coming. You can contribute through email, Discord, and also the survey. You can suggest ask a question. There's a survey link to ask a question. Uh, you can use that to submit your thoughts about the next film. Just let me know. Yeah, very excited for all those things coming. Also, when you go to Podchaser to leave a review on this monthly update and give it five stars, thank you very much. Let me know if you want to get me to the Fast Saga before summer. I, like I mentioned, I've never seen any of the Fast and Furious films. They intrigue me. We've got the ninth one coming this summer. Is that, are those episodes something you want me to talk about as we approach Fast 9? So leave your reviews, contact me on Discord, email, ask a question, whatever. Let me know if you want to see the Fast Saga. And also, give me your thoughts for the next few films. Your name, Weathering With You, My Name or Totoro, you know, binge points, whatever. Fall in ideas. I'll, I'll talk about them. I'll mention them. I really want to hear what you guys think. As I've worked on this Your Name episode, requesting people to contribute, it's been exciting to see perspectives that are different than mine and to gain new insights. It makes me appreciate it more. So this has been a delayed monthly update. And I appreciate you listening. I appreciate all of you who've downloaded the episode. Those of you who are new, those of you that are consistent listeners, whatever number episode this is for you of the Basin Binge, thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. And thank you for being here. It helps out the show a ton if you leave a review on podchaser.com slash the Basin Binge. Of course, there's a forms down below that I mentioned, emails, discord ways you can contact me, all those things. Want to interact with you, tons of fun, and also helps out the show. If there's something else you want me to cover, let me know. Thanks for listening to The Basement Binge. This is your monthly update. I'm Harrison. That's all for now. Ciao, ciao.